Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, it's James Baldwin welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1. Our 14th episode, in fact. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for your support of our adventure into the realm of podcasting. But I wanted to ask something of you. If you can, right now, would you rate our podcast five stars and leave a review? You can do this on almost every podcast platform. I'm asking this so we can become more noticeable in places like the Apple Podcast Store. More notice equals more listens, and more listens means a greater ability to get our interview segment up and running. So thank you in advance for rating us five stars, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And welcome to our mid-season recap and prediction episode. I am joined in the studio, as always, by my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Tommy T. G'day to you, mate. G'day, boys. And Campy, a big hello to you, my friend. Fellas, how are you? Well, wait, we are doing well because guess what happened? We were right and you're wrong. Gasly is <laughs> gone from Red Bull. It's about bloody time. And I've been unusually, you podcast. the point was Albon is the one that got yep. promoted out, really out of nowhere. The, the fact is we were thinking for this, the longest time, let's hopefully let's make sure that he's right and settled for it. Nah. Helmet, poof, done. <laughs> Changes it all up in one go, hey? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not really sold on the thinking behind it. I just – I I don't want them to rush Albon. I said that last time. I just think if you throw him into a top team now and he doesn't perform and he gets absolutely spanked the same way Gasly's doing, and he's not ready to step into that car yet, I think it hinders, hinders his future more than it does anything if he doesn't perform. But. I disagree. I think him with Max is going to be a way better person to learn off than Kvyat. No offense. I think stepping into the big car with some some good numbers, some good kind of engineers behind him, and I think the expectations for him for the rest of the season can be very, very small, very simple. Like I think he's just got to come mid pack. He's got to do his job. He's got to bring the car in every time and just get some good solid data. Like 
I don't think they're wanting him to get podiums. I don't think that's going to be the expectation. But he should be getting podiums in that car. But this the, is what I'm saying. The alternative like, was leave Gasly in there as a liability. Why waste time with him? Get some reps in for Albon. Let him get used to the car. Let him learn how to deal with Max and the team and get that dynamic growing. So this is this is essentially his pre-season for next season starting now is the way I'd look at it. That's if Red Bull keep him next season. They might, like, we don't know what their thinking is, but their thinking could be, like, we're going to give this guy six months, see what he can actually do. And then next year we'll decide whether we keep him or promote Kvyat. If it was me, I would have gone the other way because Kvyat, although he didn't perform very well the first time he was in the top team, he wasn't, like, he was consistently three tenths off Ricardo, but the guy got some podiums. He can race hard when he has to, and he was in a bad place back then. He's got some confidence. I think they went the wrong way, but then again, I'm... We don't know about the conversations going on. Does Albon get that drive next year? I don't think he deserves it. I don't think he's ready. Why are they going down this youth approach? Because everyone else has. It's For me, it's a bit of a stupid stupid decision, but hey, there you go. They're the breaks. They've made it, and we'll see how he goes. I'd love to see Albon come out and I said this last time around, though. Albon really proved himself in Germany and how able he was to quickly adapt to different situations. And I think that is honestly, yes, okay. Yeah, the, but he the crashed race, the next oh, race no, in you the rain. say so. that. <laughs> Bloody hell. Just let me finish. The way that – I mean, crashing is one thing, right? But – performing at that level and being able to be towards the front in a car that shouldn't be there far out before far outweighs a performance factor than for Red Bull specifically, obviously than being in a top three team and not performing. The fact of the matter is they need to go for points for the rest of this year yeah. to catch Ferrari. And it's really possible if Max keeps performing and gets a, a couple of more wins out of the season and you've got Albon, even if he does six fifth con- consecutively and just keeps passing, passing away, bashing away at that element, you're going to see some really good results and some really good confidence for him as well. Kvyat, we said this last time as well. I think, you know, Red Bull are going to keep him where he is as more of a marker of performance than anything else. I don't think you'll ever see him leave Toro Rosso for Red Bull. Maybe a dish like some other team somewhere else, which would be fine. You know, he obviously came from Ferrari program last year. But realistically, I'm excited. I'm like Tommy. I'm excited for Albon. I'm nervous yeah. like oh, you, Camp, Campy, in terms of he, the, the pressure that's going to be on him. But he seems like a really nice guy. You know, oh. all of the interviews that he's done post-race to this point have been superb. He's very open and honest. He's the era of Lando and George as well. So yeah. he's slightly behind Charles in terms of coming into it. But Charles, him, Max, George, Norris, they're all the same age, basically. Max has obviously got a massive head start on all of them. And, and you know, we've said this a few times. He's almost a driver of the century in terms of his performance coming through. But I reckon... Out, that's going to challenge Albon more than anything else. So he might even step up to the plate and perform. Anyway, and I'm, I'm, really, guys, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that he get a chance because, look, sorry, Gasly, you had your chance, mate, and you've you've binned it. And it's, oh. I think we're going to see a similar thing to what happened to Brendan Hartley last year, and he's just going to be quietly moved yep. out of Toro Rosso next year. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes against Kvyat because Kvyat's had half a season in that car. But the plus side for Gasly is that he knows that car pretty well. He drove it basically last year, and the differences between the Red Bull and the Toro Rosso from a driving perspective is that the Red Bull is quite light in the rear end, and it's you drive it more through the front wheels, I mean, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, 
Whereas the Toro Rosso is quite heavy in the back end, and Gasly said, I really like that. So we may see Gasly come out and spank. Yeah, wouldn't Kibia. that throw an absolute spanner and in then the works? It's just, then it's a bit how you're going, but I think it's good. But I've been calling for this since the start of the year. I don't think Gasly deserved his spot. They rushed him way too early. Yep. And this was my this was my call from day one. It was a dumb decision. He's not going to do anything. He's going to get absolutely beaten, and I was right. So there you go, you fellas. They've made it quick enough so that I can <laughs> get some Gabby points. for proving that you were right. Love yeah. it. No, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. Hey, well, look, we're halfway through the, the season, and that's very, very cool. We've seen some really interesting stuff, and yet obviously the uh, the big news from Red Bull has sort of driven us for the last couple of weeks texting backwards and forwards. But we wanted to catch up and do another podcast to see where everything sits for this time of the season and where we think things are going. So, as I thought we'd start with a bit of a Q&A and then we might go through the teams and sort of rate them. But uh, Tommy, let's start with you. Your top three drivers so far for 2019. There's no order, but I've got Max, Albon and Sainz. I think Oy. big thing for me, consistency. I yeah, think nice. Max is unbelievable. The way he's been competing with the top two teams in what is like like a 1B kind of car. He's, he's there, but he's outperformed. He's milked every single bit out of that car, been consistent, had some wins. I don't know how you can fault him. Albon, just from how well he's done compared to Kvyat um, on race days, I think he's been pretty outstanding. He's very young. He's proved himself enough for Red Bull to give him a go. And I've just liked watching him race. Like the snippets you see on race day of him kind of making some moves, very mature kind of smart driver, but willing to take some risks, which is what we all kind of like in racing. And then from Sainz's very average start in the first kind of five races, I think it was, to just yep. being consistently the best of the rest for this season, very kind of unspoken, kind of uh, just cruising through, collecting lots of points and just being right there. Exactly what McLaren need for that that position. Absolutely. And then they've, they've put all their eggs in kind of the Lando basket for the future. But until then, Sainz is just bringing in lots of points, lots of good data and bringing the car home safe. Yep. yep. Love it. That's really great, Tommy. Thank you. Campy, uh, you? I'm going to leave out Lewis because he's obviously the best driver. I would not allow that answer as well. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to leave that out. I'm going to go Raikkonen, Verstappen, and I'm going to go Sainz as well. Oh, <laughs> big move. Yeah, I think Sainz has been consistently just there. As Tommy said, first five races, he needed some luck, and ever since then, he's dominated. Uh, Raikkonen, for me, is the driver of the grid with the car he's got, oh, the yeah. amount of points he's had. He's been the most consistent Yep, with what he's had. He's got the results. He's a star, and he's still proving why he should be an F1. And the results he's had this year, I think, he probably deserved and should have had another year in Ferrari oh, totally before right. bringing Leclerc back. But and who else? And Verstappen. I think that race in Austria at the Red Bull Ring that was just quality. He's had a couple of wins. Uh, got unlucky not to get a couple of podiums here and there, but he's been he's been a star. So I have to think that Max. Well, I have to say I should say that Max's maturity has really come a long way this year. And no you mistakes. Can see, well, just I mean in terms of out of the car. I mean, maturity in the car is one thing, but the the way that you react to things that happen on track after a race, you know, he was super unlucky to to not get the win when he did. And he, he came out of the car, I was like, yeah, well, yeah. you know, we've got some great points of the team. I'm like, sorry, who is this? Am I got the <laughs> right person? Is the subtitles not working? What the hell is going on here? I was really impressed. I think, I think Max is 
we perceive his maturity's gone up. I don't think he's changed too much since the start of last year and this year. We perceive it because he hasn't made mistakes. Last year he's making mistakes. I don't think he's overly changed his driving style or what he's what he's doing in the car. But it's just that he hasn't made those mistakes that we perceive it to be this maturing level. I think he's been there since he really moved up. Well, since he got his first drive in F1, I don't think he's changed a hell of a lot. Our perception of him's changed a bit, but yeah, I don't read too much into that maturity thing. He's he's a he's a solid driver. Well, it's really tough because I want to say obviously the performers at the front of the grid, but I'm going to go a little bit of a different way. So my top three drivers are actually the three George rookies. Russell. George. George Russell. Three <laughs> rookies of the year. George Russell, oh, Lando Norris, God. and Alex Albon because I've never... In, Lando. In, in recent memory, you know I love Lando, mate. In recent memory, I don't... I can't think of a time where three rookies all out of the same grid out of F2 have brought... I mean, there's, they're young, obviously, but again, a lot of maturity, a lot of really just good-natured banter, which I love, and the fact that they respect each other on the track. Not from Russell, mate. He's a squid. <laughs> the other two then, Lando, Lando specifically. But George, mate, I, I keep saying this, George really pushing the boundaries in a the worst car that has existed ever as far as I'm concerned. Like he's doing a great job of being consistent to the point where there is now conversation, even Toto's saying like George Russell is someone that I want in a Mercedes in the future. Like it's a pretty big thing to be said about you in your first year in F1 when you're in a the bottom team. Anyway, Lando's doing some cool stuff. I think he's, he's definitely got a future. I also like him off track a lot. The way that he inter- interacts with fans is cool. Um, and our one, as we, you've said, Tommy, I think the way that he performs on track, really, really, really mature driving, um, but he learns really quickly. And so his ability to adapt is really, really cool for me. Anyway, uh, yep. you're both wrong, therefore I am correct. What was your biggest, <laughs> Campy, what was the biggest shock for you the first half of this year? Well, I think the way Kvyat performed, how he came back, how he bounced back, I didn't think it would happen. It's unexpected, wasn't it? Yeah. I think I actually, I think I made that prediction in our first podcast. Actually, that was my bold one, which yeah. I had no faith or belief in <laughs> at all. But it turned out happening. So that for me was quite surprising. Um, yeah, that would be it. Tommy, uh, for me, that Ferrari doesn't have a win. Yes, yeah, I that's, think that's. Uh, oh, mate. If we had have said that at the start of the season, all of us would have said bullshit. Well, yeah. Especially, no especially like, after the testing, I was going to say, yep. especially coming out of Barcelona and testing, you would, people were like, "Mate, this is it. Vettel's it. He's going to be the champion this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Turn it up." Mm, okay, we can't. Oh, Very disappointing. I think. Some to do with the team, some to do with the drivers, some with just bad luck, but very bizarre for no wins at the halfway point of the season. Yeah. I mean, it just shows how good, how much Mercedes were balking their yeah, actual true pace in pre-season testing. Classic right? Merck. Just no need to be at the top of the pack when they don't have to be. I think for me, Haas is just inability to do anything. You know, I... I I had a lot of faith in them, and I know, Tommy, when you and I were standing on turn nine and ten at in Melbourne, just going, man, they, A, the cars look absolutely beautiful. Killer. I think we like the look uh, of them. Oh, the livery is right. B, you know, like out of last year, they've learned a lot of, you know, lessons and made some mistakes, so they're going to be great for 2019. And then along came C. Oh, it's absolutely rubbish to the point where we're running the Melbourne spec car for Roman Grosjean in the last race and K-Mags on the new one. It's, it just seems so disjointed. But, I mean, it's interesting because I was reading uh, a day or two ago, you know, Gunter's not 
locked in either of them for next year yet, but he was saying it's very unlikely they would take a rookie, which for me means that they're looking within the current 20. But what's really exciting about that, for me personally, means that Mick Schumacher is definitely going to alpha. Ooh. Ooh. Really? Yeah, I'm calling it, mate. Giovinazzi's out. Mick Schumacher is in. I guarantee you the Ferrari sponsorship, the money, like just the money alone. Think about the think about the business element of that alone. Yeah, I think you're right. I just again, I don't think we know he's going to be in F1 at some point. Mm. Don't rush him up. This is his first year in F2. He's only won one race. I mean, he's performed pretty well. He's had some great drives, but I'll just hold him off another year. They don't, they don't need to rush him into something that he's not. They just don't need to rush him. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. Latifi, that second year in F2, has done him a world of good, and he's looking way more mature coming through yeah. for the next season. The growth between last year well, and this so. year. And Artem Markolov is the same. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's his third I year in F2. but You're completely right. Like The sponsorship behind Mick is going to oh, be insane. Like They'd be crazy not to. And he's going to go to a Ferrari team. I can't see it going any other way. Oh, well, right. well, he could go to Mercedes team. Can you imagine? To the German route. Well, his dad finished at Mercedes. Replace Ocon, replace Russell, <laughs> replace Bottas with Mick Schumacher. And up he comes and everyone's brains break in half. <laughs> but this is like, if I was Ocon, I'd be nervous. I'd really be nervous because I'm sitting there going, geez, this grid's filling up pretty quickly. I'm not really in the conversation. You know, that year out of F1, people forget yep. really quick. We saw the same thing with Verlon as well. So, That's true. Yeah, it's and he's he's not in F1 through any fault of his own. He just got no. pushed out by Ericsson. But yeah. in saying that, I don't think he's he'll come back. I'd like to see him come back, but someone's going to roll the red carpet out for Mr. Schumacher Jr. Ocon needs to get a drive or he's done. He can't have two years out of F1 and then come back shortly. No, and this is why we were saying last time that potentially Renault might be the thing, depending on what happens with Hulk. Hulk is still yet to get a deal, and here we are in uh, towards the end of August. So what, what date is it today? It's the 22nd of August. We've got eight days until they decide the future of um, Valtteri Bottas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, geez, that's going to be a huge thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so here's, here's the big question that I've really been wanting to ask you, Campy. Here what, we go. What, who is the worst performer? Gasly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like I didn't know the answer already. Could you want to just explain oh, a little bit I, why I, you think that? I think he's in a team that's really should have won three races this year. They've won two. Verstappen for the second half of this first half of the season, he's only like got 20 points less than Hamilton. And that car is quick, and the kid, we know the kid can drive, but for someone to be beaten so consistently, and it's consistently six-tenths in qualifying, it's yep. consistently a second a lap race pace over the race distance if they're on the same strategy. I know there's been a few that have changed, but... He's just so far behind. It's almost comparable to the gap between uh, Robert Kubica and George Russell. <laughs> but it's worse. Yeah, but right. in saying that, I would say Giovinazzi's underperformed as well compared to Raikkonen. But yep. Gasly's been the worst performer of me by far. Can I just say on Kimi Raikkonen, I think the fact that we've got someone as old as Kimi gives me a lot of faith that Daniel Ricciardo has another 10 years in Formula 1. Oh. 
Is that not the most exciting thought about Kimmy? Right? I know we love Kimmy, obviously, but I'm just from a because we haven't mentioned Daniel Ricardo's name yet, and it's already pretty significant time into the podcast. Anyway, hi Daniel, thanks for listening. Uh, but we got another ten years, which yeah. is cool. Um, anyway, it's yeah. it's just a nice thing. Tommy, go on, your worst performer so far. It has to be Gasly, as well. Yep. I just can't to be in that good of a car and perform so poorly, consistently poorly. I mean, when Signs is outperforming you on average in a in a, a worse car, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to say Giovinazzi because yeah. I think Gasly is the auto answer, but he's just not really done much for the team and. For me specifically, I feel really bad for Ericsson because Ericsson started to get a lot of momentum at the end of last year, understanding the car, being surrounded by people who knew who what they were doing. He knew what he was doing. He just was in a Williams equivalent for so long and then yeah. moved him aside. I think it's really sad. But he went toe-to-toe with Leclerc. Leclerc had the edge on oh, him yeah. last year. But he wasn't that far off and his Indy car performance has been terrible at best this year as yeah, well. Correct. So that's a shame for him. His stocks have gone down really quickly. But, oh, well, it's it is life, it isn't is, it? It is what it is indeed. Your favourite race, Tommy? What's been your favourite race for 2019 so far? Um, Don't say Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> like you were going to. 2006 Singapore. <laughs> 2006 Singapore. Still the greatest record. Record. Record of the, the days. <laughs> Obviously, Germany is the best race of the calendar year. Yep. But I'm going to say Melbourne because uh, James we were and there. I were there for a couple of the days. <laughs> yep. It, it, I, this is the first time I've been to a Formula One race. Oh, Seeing, good, hearing, being around the the whole energy of everything there, so different. I think being able to see Valtteri Bottas perform at such a high level as well was like very exciting. Highlight. Massive highlight seeing Valtteri Bottas pin pin that car around those corners towards the end of the that track and yeah. win by such a dominating kind of margin against Lewis. It was a very good start to the season and got us both revved up. Yeah. I think uh, Austria for me, Red Bull Ring, Verstappen's come from behind victory. To start second on the grid and then drop back to eighth then claw his way back through the pack, oh, mate, that was a special drive. And to get Leclerc at the end, oh, how good. Tattoo's still there. All three of them. <laughs> still won't rub off on the shower, are they? I honestly, yeah, look. Austria was okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Melbourne because I was there, obviously. But, I, yeah, you, you just can't go past Germany. Just the, the up and down, the, the heartache and the excitement and everything that you felt in that race. I mean, it's the it should be the answer, shouldn't it, really? Unless yeah. you really love Max Verstappen. <clears throat> <laughs> but realistically, anyway, I, Germany was great. We've said that so many times. Yeah. It was also the best, pod, best podcast, wasn't it, Tommy? Yep. Yep. Cool. Hey, let's. I wasn't present. Let's talk. Maybe we should kick James out, Tommy, and just me and you do one. I'll go on holiday for once. All right, you guys. (laughs) I would. I would. I would not survive. A B. You. It wouldn't go. Podcasted last seven hours. It also wouldn't go up because you'd have no idea how to edit it. (laughs) (laughs) No, we just put it up with no edits, (laughs) and we both get fired. Yeah. From by the AFK. Get rid of old Queef over here. (laughs) (laughs) The time to be alive is now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he was talking about you, Grant, if you're listening. Uh, okay. let's. I want to go through the teams, okay? Um, yeah. We're talking about the drivers. I also want, when we're going to go through the team... I let's want you, rate them out of five gins. Okay, let's rate them out of five gins. Um, five drops of juniper gins. Yeah. Um, 
And also, I want you to tell me, and you have to answer this question, I want you to tell me who you don't think will be in that team next year. You can say both drivers, but I want at least one person who you think will leave. Okay. We're going to go over from from start to finish this time rather than from finish to start in terms of the, the teams as they're ranked. So let's go Mercedes. Who do you think... Okay, let's rate them out of five gins first. Five. Yeah, five. Okay. Has to be. Uh, all right, I'll say five because I'm a follower. <laughs> Who's going to remain? Lewis Hamilton or Valtteri Bottas? Lewis. Lewis oh. is sticking around. Lewis is sticking around. Okay, that was an easy one to start with. Yeah. I'm just See, assuming I think both will, I think both will you have to, so. You have to say one has to, to go. One. This is the exciting Play part. Play the game. Come Lewis, on. Lewis, get rid of him. Get rid of Lewis. <laughs> I'm with you would you. be very happy with that, <laughs> um, actually. Can I get rid of Mercedes just <laughs> as a general team? Uh, okay, Ferrari, we've got Seb and Charles. Oh, Who do you think goes? See you, Seb. Bye-bye. Bye, Seb. Seb. Seb, yeah, I'm with you, what Seb. What are we scoring them out of five? Five gins. Oh, I reckon a two. Max. I would have said two and a half, three. Oh, For no wins, that is a very disappointing season yeah. for Ferrari. I'd and say 1.5 gins, but just because how useless they are in the pit wall. And consistently off the podium. Yeah. Too. It's like, just horrible to watch. They've been getting thirds. I think they got one sec- a couple of seconds, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Red Bull is kind of hard, isn't it? Because it's not really the team yet. But it's <laughs> one not half of the, the team's team. good. <laughs> one half of the team's average. You know what? I'm going to leave Red Bull as it is. Let's score. Let's just imagine that Albon has been part of the team for the whole year. So, so his scores go his into score goes, <laughs> and then this is this is going well. Out of five gins, Red Bull, four. Yeah, four. I, I reckon at least four and a half. The fact that this is a brand new motor for them this year and they've oh, done yeah, what they're absolutely. they're doing. Obviously, Max is staying, and Pierre has already gone, so that's made that life a little bit easier. Albon coming in, we want to keep him there just to see what happens. McLaren. Carlos and Lando. I'm keeping Lando in, so bye, Carlos. You can go back to the Red Bull fold if you like next year. I think Lando's underperformed. I'd probably see him go. Yeah, I'd say Lando too. Of course he would. Campy. (laughs) Out of five gins? Four. Four. Still a bloody fantastic compared to last year though. Hey, what an exciting time for them. And 40 points of head in the constructors too. So as I said last time, their car is consistently better. Than the mid pack everywhere. Well, so. consistently better than the manufacturer of the same engine type, Renault. Yes. Okay, Toro Rosso, we're going to keep Albon in this one just for this. Kvyat or Albon, who goes? Albon to Red Bull. There you go. <laughs> Easy. But out of five gins, let's rate them out of five gins. Three and a half. Three. Three. I, th- I reckon three as well. Danny performing pretty well. I mean, obviously having a podium was nice for him. Yeah. Um, through real no, no real drive of his own, to be yeah. fair, to everyone else in the grid that could have got up there considering of how many top teams crashed out but uh, Albon obviously going up and out I think Danny will end up being the you're gonna, just going to hold on to you until all of the people who are in the F2, F3 Gasly goes go up well Gasly of course he's gone he's gone uh, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. uh, we only talk about proper sports here uh, <laughs> let's talk about Renault by Nico yeah go on or Nico. by Daniel to Ferrari nah okay off. We I'd, can't, can I'd, we? I'd put money on Hulk going, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me if Danny Rick if was gone. If I was a betting man, yeah, Nico's gone. And you are. Okay. Uh, out of five gins? Two. Two. Yeah, you're very generous. Okay. I'm doing one and a half yeah. because it's just been horrible They've, to watch our boy be Renault ruined. have shown glimpses. They've Danny Rick's done some stellar qualifying. Yep. We've shown some really good race pace at certain places, but... The reliability uh, of that engine has been terrible. Yeah. 
Especially for Danny Richter. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's tough to watch. Alfa Romeo, out of five gins. Three and a half. Mostly because of really? Kimmy. Or just because of Kimmy. Three because of Kimmy. It's three, it's three and a half because of Kimmy, then out of five, yeah. and yep. zero for Buddy Givinazzi. Gio got one point. <laughs> credit where credit is due. Okay. So did Kubica. <laughs> uh, and that's saying a lot, isn't it? Um yeah, so Gina Venazzi is gone, gone, obviously. Yep, happy with that. Cool. Uh, racing point. Well, Stroll can't go, can he? Go, Bye, Checo. Yeah. Good default yeah, daddy's Checo, team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just, we haven't been overly excited about racing point. What do nah. you What do you think is going to happen for them for the rest of the year, guys? What's What's your I'm, view? I'm, I'm moving to Team Campy that Stroll is actually a pretty good driver. I think he's got some That's talent. unlike you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's moved off the yeah. point. No, All right, I'll, I'll take your real estate. No. <laughs> You're selling cheap. He As shows usual. he shows glimpses. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, good, I, th- I think good driver. The Ugh. biggest problem in his potential. game is he can't yeah. qualify. He can drive on race day. Right. He just can't qualify. Yeah, his strategy is pretty good on race day. To whoever his race engineer is is doing a good job. Yeah, I think totally. And obviously the strategist behind that person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if we rated them out of no, we haven't five gins. Two and a half max. One. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's been pretty disappointing for them. But, hey, at least they're still in the pack. That's good. Uh, Haas, you can say out of zero out of five gins, Tommy, if you like, just from personal disappointment no, no, no this year. No gins, but they're one energy drink or whatever the hell they I'll give them one and a half. <laughs> Fake energy drinks out just of because, Just because they've shown – Melbourne, they showed good pace and Magnussen's qualified quite well at That's times. That's why they've gone so. back to that race spec of a car. It's <laughs> interesting, though, in qualifying, K-Mag's our qualified Roman seven to five. So it's not actually as one side. If you look through all yeah. of the teams, it's pretty, you know, one way or the other. This guy, this team rider is pretty close. Which I've, s- I've said that consistently, and it's been the races where um, Grosjean has outperformed Magnussen are the races that Haas have been so far out of contention for points that I think it's unfair to dismiss how bad or good Grosjean's actually been against Magnussen because yeah. Magnussen hasn't hasn't I, thumped him. I either. don't think Magnussen can race that well with other people around him. We've shown he just crashes oh, into geez. everyone, especially his thing, teammate. When he's not doing well, he's a big sook and he just packs it in and cries and so goes true. home and sooks. So, so true. He's really good at qualifying, but I'd rather be better on race day than qualifying. Yeah. Okay, Williams out of five, Jins zero zero. It's hard, isn't it? It's really, really hard. Just ice, bit oh. of tonic water. There's a wedge of lemon in there. I wouldn't even spend 10 no, bucks on no gin. <laughs> no gin. Well, no one's no. out. They, well, I think they're both gone too, to be Jubitsa honest. got a point. I reckon they're both out. It's so, so funny he's technically he, beating him. Yeah, um, you are, because <laughs> you look at this. You look at the stats hilarious. here. Qualifying. At, George is <laughs> out-qualified Robert in every race, so yeah. 12 to 0. Race. Nah, that's not right. Race. It is. 10 to 2. Kubica's got him once. Nah, it was a grid penalty. Yeah, uh, was it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right. And... Yep. That's it. Points. Robert's got one. So you're right, <laughs> technically. Okay. You've, he's so that looks like placed the ahead two races. That looks like the Verstappen Gasly battle, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, I reckon neither are coming yeah. back. I reckon fresh team. Neither of them. I reckon neither. Oh, it's going to be very gone. interesting. Yeah, Kubitz is gone. I oh, think George sure. is staying where he's going, where he is rather, because yeah. there's nowhere for him George to go. Is, George is staying. Except for Mercedes when Bottas goes and Ocon doesn't get taken <laughs> and we have Jeez. a full French clear out of the grid. By Grosjean as well. The purge. I'm all surprised right. how many one-year contracts there are on the grid at the moment. Well, it's, it's all around this 2021 nonsense, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, which is going to be really interesting or really disappointing because we put so much into this now. I feel like we're maybe talking it up a little bit It'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what rumours come out next year 
after hearing that Ross Braun podcast. Because mm. um, he said when before he started Braun GP, previously in 2008, the rules had sort of stipulated that we're looking for about a 50% downforce loss. And he was saying, we're nowhere near that. So they were starting to get clarification on rules and regulations in all the technical briefings sort of nine months before everyone was, and he realised he was so far in front. So it could be interesting to see that if there's a whole lot of stuff getting leaked to the media next year, that how far some of these teams are ahead of the actual pack. I reckon Adrian Newey, don't even worry about next year's car. Yeah. You've got the fundamentals there. Just concentrate on 2021. Take your group of 10, 15 people and just go for broke on that. ThomasJCamp.com.au, Adrian Newey. Of course, you're a regular visitor to that site. <laughs> forward slash Tommy T, depending on <laughs> how you're feeling. Doesn't get his own domain. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't want to look at it, James. I presume you put something up there. Just a beautiful photo of your face. <laughs> All right, let's talk about... What we're looking forward to for the rest of this season and we'll wrap up the podcast. Tommy, what are your thoughts for the rest of this year? I think we're going to see Red Bull overtake Ferrari for the second place in the constructors. I don't think that's even that bold, to be honest. I think the way that they've been performing this kind of second half of the first bit has been unbelievable and Ferrari's just going to drop off. I mean, we've seen Seb kind of do okay lately, but I really think with Albon, with Max, they're really going to push for that second place. Yeah, uh, Valtteri Bottas for me. He's going to win four of the first six races Ooh. coming back after the break, starting at Spa. You reckon he's going to win Spa? Oh, mate, I hope he does. And then Monza? Wow. Maybe Kimi gets out of Monza again and winning with well, Alfa Romeo. Mate, I actually <laughs> think that'll be Ferrari's first win, Monza. Yeah. That car is set up for that track. Yep. So... And Renault will do good at that track too, but yeah, Valtteri Bottas for me, he's going to win four. I'm, I'm really interested. I think Albon's going to to do some potentially top four finishes. I'm really just going to get way ahead of myself here and <laughs> and predict that only because I think I'd love to see how disruptive that would be for Ferrari and for Mercedes. Just how he places the car on the grid, just how, on the road rather, how he. Yep. does qualifying in a much faster car. But also, I don't think anyone really expects anything from him in Spa because it's a brand new car. There's no mid-season testing that he can go and flog like in Barcelona at the very beginning that Pierre had. So if he can turn that around between realistically P1 to Q3, yeah, if we see absolute growth in, in his ability, that is going to be a very exciting thing to watch. Um, but I think we'll see something happen with Danny Rick as well. I don't think he's going to end up in Renault next year. I reckon there's going to be some news in the next couple of months with that. So that's what, they're my big predictions. I reckon you're right. I don't think Ferrari going to remain in second, Tommy. I think you're going to see Red Bull come across the line there. And Valtteri is going to be sitting at home right now, trying to just think how he can prove himself because you know what, even if he doesn't get picked up for the drive for next year, that's even more of an incentive for him to drive the nuts off that car, outperform Lewis to really prove Mercedes yeah. wrong, but also to solidify well, his drive in another team. This is the first time I've ever remembered anyone even get remotely close to Lewis in qualifying. Yep. 
He's been unlucky in a few races, but geez, Germany was a tough pill to swallow for him. Oh. That may have that may have sealed his fate. Mm. That could have got him right back in, con, into contention. But mm-hmm. I would still love to see him go to Haas. I think he would be a very good pairing with um, Gunter. I think they would. Yeah, actually, you're right. They would Absolutely. actually get along very well, and he would just respect someone who's not an idiot uh, as one of his drivers. He ain't going back to Haas, mate. Uh, I, I don't think so. But uh, where would he go if he gets? Left out of well, Mercedes. if he gets left out, it all depends on who takes his spot and where that spot comes back from. Yeah, because I mean, Bottas would be—he'd be perfect for someone like Ferrari, or he'd be perfect at Red Bull behind Verstappen. Yep, not as quick, but a top-line solid second driver. Yep, that can play a role and win races and outperform. That's where Bottas is situated. He's—he's he's not Lewis, but again, if he. I mean, we say it all the time. If he makes the most of the opportunities he's had, he's right in contention. But he, he he's put himself in the right position and just hasn't quite got there yet. Well, gents, this is all to play for and more so much up in the air. Campy, I think we're a little bit more on the money with this prediction than we were at the very beginning. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's been very interesting seeing it. I think, Tommy, come, having you come on board has just leveled us out a little bit. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Oz F1. Really appreciate it. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, please take the time to rate us five stars. We would really appreciate that boost. And of course, if you enjoy it, Tell your friends. We'd love to have a couple more listens. It helps us get higher up in the rankings in anywhere that you get your podcasts from. And as I said, those higher rankings means more listens, means more access to Formula One and Formula One people around the world. Tommy, Campy, a big thank you to you guys. We are so excited for Spa and specifically to see what Alex Albon can do in that Red Bull. See you later. Podcast Network.